Most of you have no foundation at all. Now, the trouble's with your attitude. Some sort of anal dumpster sex back there. What's going She's on? like crying well, with laughter right now. Shut up and sit down. Last time on the show. And I'm sorry that you can't have a birthday party, and it sucks. And mommy and daddy are sad. Mom and dad ordered you though some gifts off of Amazon. We're gonna make a nice little cake. We're gonna have a nice dinner or whatever you want. And yeah. we're going to celebrate your birthday this way with lots and lots of love. Not a goddamn parade with 10, 15 cars honking as they drive by. Yeah, and when they, they see this- that, now other kids are going, well, why can't I have that? And then exactly. they begin to expect it. So the parents are going, fuck. Yeah, but then you've got the neighborhood. I got my kid who's trying to take a fucking nap. And I got to hear a yeah. car horn every five minutes. My kids try right. to take a nap. I don't give a shit about your fucking stupid parade, okay? <laughs> and then. <laughs> hey, everyone. Hello. Dan. Oh, he's got the goddamn keyboard welcome. again. Welcome, everybody. Listen, um, this show is one of those shows that, you know, this is why we started the podcast. We have a guest here today who fits the bill. And and no disrespect to any of our previous guests who come on just for kicks. You know, a lot of those people are our best friends, uh, yeah. neighbors, uh, people that we've kidnapped, all kinds of things, right? Thank you to those people. But today is the type of guest that actually is super knowledgeable about a particular subject, uh, lives an experience that we can't live. And so we brought him in today. His name is Ed. And he's going to talk to us. And really, we're just going to be listening. That's the whole point, is we're two white guys talking about race, and we don't really know what the fuck we're talking about. So we we like to bring in the third black person we've ever had on the show. (laughs) Sorry to say. Look, it's hard to book people. Um, it is. So it is. So, Rocco, please, please introduce Ed and, and what he does. Well, um, Ed, uh, first of all, thanks for coming on today. We appreciate that very much. So I know it's early. It's a Sunday um, for all of us. I just God, I had to wrestle the kids just to get down here. But anyway, um, you know, uh, I've been watching you on Facebook Live. Um, what is your, you have a kind of a show it's called, is it dear white friends or dear, what is it called? Yep. It's called, uh, it's called dear white friends and then just different oh. sub uh, sections under that. Okay. Not to be confused um, with dear white people, which I, w- while Googling this, that's all I came up with. Yeah. Do <laughs> not do that. That's, that's copyright infringement. I don't want to get caught. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's dear white friends and, um, you know, I, I watched and, to me, it's it was great, and I felt like to just sit and listen to you speak um, helped me get a better understanding of something that I'm not going to be able to understand. And through this, I guess I've already learned so much. I've always been a person that's not – I've never been a racist person. However, sometimes people like myself, people like Dan – 
we can do and say shit that we just don't know out of ignorance. Mm. And it's, it doesn't come from say, a hateful place. I've heard you say yeah. some pretty awful things about the Greeks. Yeah, well, you know, the Greeks. They're Greek. Whoa. You know what Hold I mean? Second. I would <laughs> never agree to come on here if I knew you had a problem with the Greeks. I love baklava, personally. <laughs> I do, too, actually. So let's start here, um, because the point is for Dan and I to to li- to listen and and hopefully ask pointed questions. And if our questions are stupid, tell us to go fuck ourselves. That's why we're here. Um, so really, what made you say I'm gonna get on Facebook Live? Because we've been Facebook friends for a little bit, you know, under a year, but you've never done a Facebook Live. You just have incredibly hilarious memes. <laughs> um, which I laugh at every time. I love your memes. Your meme work is fantastic. But anyway, um. You know, all of a sudden I see a Facebook Live. I'm like, I'm going to listen to this guy. And I did. And I'm so happy I did. Where did this come from? Where did this start? Um, this actually started around the uh, the George Floyd incident. Because just like how you said it, I don't typically step out of just memeing people and then DMing women that never write me back. Um, <laughs> so th- th- those are my two platforms for Facebook. And uh I started to get friends not only in real life, uh, like, you know, out in person, um, but also over the Internet that were just telling me about how they were, they were witnessing some of the same things I was witnessing in different friend groups and different friend circles. And what it was were, uh, were white people witch hunting other white people and then us sitting there going, what the fuck are we? Like, how are we a part of this? Like, like <laughs> where do I partake in the in the. I'm like, cause I'm not trying to help with the witch hunt. I'm just confused as to why it's happening. And um, I brought it up as an example in the very first stream I did where uh, uh, a friend of mine posted something. And it said they basically said something to the effect of, uh, I'm going to put this status out there. And if you don't agree with it or if you don't like it, like it and you're a white person, then I know you're a racist and I'm going to block you. And, uh, you know, you just watched one guy, just one dude comment first and he's just like but i i i he's like i agree with your thing i just feel like this part of it you know he also needs some attention and she immediately called him a racist she pulled out screenshots of their conversations where he had previously been thirsty to her uh called um called him out on his previous dating history screenshotted that put, put that up in a separate status and then she blocked that guy and that's not the first time that was happening. Wow. I was like, holy shit. And I'm like, this is, and I read the comments that he wrote. And I'm like, he's, he's, he's not racist. He's just being rational. He's asking a real question. And if you had information, that's all he wanted. And <laughs> straight ab- obliterated that dude in his social media life right there. Um, and wow. I brought this up to a couple friends and they were like, yeah, I've seen that happen. And to be honest, as a person of color who found that this content wasn't offensive, I don't know how to step in because I feel like this person's shouting louder than me. And I'm like, if – and that was – I, I want to say – because I, I don't want to call anyone else up by name. But I want to say like I had nine from nine friends, nine, ten friends-ish roughly come to me on that same topic within a three-day period. And I was like, all right, everyone's coming and talking about it, but there, there's no memes about this. There's no anything else about this. <laughs> Uh, no one's talking about it, so we're 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 doing an underground railroad of communication, but no one's saying anything out loud. And this oh. is the air of information. Let me get all on. I'm going to use my platform. Uh, I know that a lot of people pay attention to me for comedy. 
uh, I knew that a lot of people were getting into the chat were gonna were uh, or getting into the stream were gonna look at me for comedy and to be hilarious, and they were gonna be sorely mistaken on <laughs> the fact that the first time that I show my face, what's the what's basically get this message out and then make it an open forum to answer people's questions, talk about it, and actually have that safe space where you could feel okay to be a white person in front of me and not feel like that was something you had to apologize for or be called racist about. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's see that's funny and I I can't help just the 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 comedian in me that's like you know white people have been taking things away from the black community for so long that they're literally taking away the protesting by 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 yelling louder it's like you know it just it, there gets to be a point where we're just like step back just you know uh, just be an ally be a supporter be a listener and that's, I think, what's being – I think a lot of that's missing is the, is the listening, is that listening portion. And if I may, did anyone see the Shannon and Skip video on ESPN? No. I did not. That's, that's okay. Those are the hosts for uh, ESPN's – Undisputed. Day. Undisputed, sorry. Yep. Yes. So, is that ESPN or Fox 1? That might be Fox 1. I think it's Fox Sports. Either way. It was in it was in response to Drew Brees tone deaf, um, partially good old boys comments he made. Can you I honestly just for my laziness, because I never actually heard what Drew Brees, Drew Brees said. Can you just oh, yeah, that go over that real quick? <laughs> Drew Brees pretty much said, I don't agree with anyone kneeling for the flag because I have family in that fought in World War II and my grandfather's fought in World War II and anyone disrespecting that flag, I will never. And he got all like passionate about it. And the problem with that is, Hold on, I, I is not <laughs> right. Well, the okay. problem with that is, is not his opinion. The problem with that is, is that he made it about himself. He made it about his family. He made well, it wait, about he... his did he go on Twitter and do this? I mean, or was he no, being asked a, a question? He was being an a, asked a question. Yeah, in an interview. So what was the question, though? Was it about, about his shoe kneeling. size? I mean, like... Uh, it was about kneeling for the flag. Does he agree with that now with, that George Floyd was <clears throat> brutally murdered by white police officers? Well, I don't know and that, that was fair. His... I don't know that it's fair to say that the problems that he made it about himself, I think... If, if someone asks you a question about what your opinion is, then, of course, it's going to be about you. Um, I, I think he's an idiot, but I, I don't necessarily think I'd want to throw shade, if you will, at the idea that he, he made it about himself. He, no, 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 He talked about his interpretation of the flag and that everyone needs to agree with him because he doesn't agree with kneeling. But people have a different interpretation of the flag. The flag had promises to everyone. And guess what? It broke those promises to a few groups of people. And that's how I I mean, no, I mean, we don't I don't think we disagree on that. I'm just saying we're saying that he made it about himself when the question was pointed about his opinion. I mean, that's what the question was. I feel like uh, what uh, the other part that Rocco is like kind of getting at, but he's not quite he's not quite hitting is that um when you're asked a question as a representative of of a certain group in this case uh, as a as, as someone who has been seen quote maybe of privilege or not uh, in the NFL and they're asking you okay have recent events maybe influenced or added information to your opinion as in regards to something that you experienced in the NFL right. you know that. 
how how has that influenced or changed you? Uh, does it does it does it make it so that you could understand where people are coming from with the kneeling? And then he took just one part of the question, did not did not acknowledge the other part of the question. The the, the and then whew, just flew off about his grandparents. Right. And right. The war. Exactly. Yeah, I, I I that makes more sense to me now that you're talking about a huge multifaceted question, and he could have gone anywhere with it, but he instead only chose to focus on kneel or don't kneel and and that's Cor- really not the point correct and then shannon and skip on their show undisputed mm-hmm. shannon being a man of color you know he spoke his piece he was very angry he was very vocal at what drew Brees said and he t- he called for his retirement he said good luck good luck with any of your teammates and yeah. what I loved, and I don't like Skip. I don't know either of you. I just don't like him. He is, <laughs> he sucks. But well, he's he's, he's very pro Cowboys and pro Romo. I know. Pro Dak. But I he know, sat so. there. But he, he is sat a, he's, there. He's a hothead. I know. He sat there and he listened. Yeah. Do you understand? Do you how Skip always interrupts Shannon in that show? That's their him. show. <laughs> That's their show, though. Their show format is that they're arguing with each other over sports. And the fact that Skip sat there and and let Shannon discuss his pain and discuss where that came from. And Skip waited for Shannon to be done, internalized, and then responded. To me, that action within itself, there was beauty to that. I'm not sure, you know, Ed, what is your take on that? I'm not, you know, I, I don't know. Am I wrong? Am I right? I mean, um, I, so that was definitely the appropriate action to take, in, uh, take from it. Because if he had just taken a piece and then flew floor, didn't interrupt him, he pretty much, almost ironically, would have been doing the exact same thing that Drew Brees did. <laughs> <laughs> He'd have been like, well, Drew Brees is wrong because of the same shit I'm doing wrong right now that Drew Brees <laughs> did. Wait a second. <laughs> so, right. I mean, like, and I'm not, and I'm not saying that like he needed to like listen the entire uh, like the to the uh, like entire way through. Like, if he had a question or something like that, or, or say something, or he had input, I mean, like, totally valid. But like, if you're going to, I, uh, my last guest on the show, Daryl, uh, actually talked about. Uh, before the show, and then I made him bring it up during the show, um, that he brought up Drew Brees' comments uh, because we had both seen the the video, and he was like, the the, pro- the the part that gets me about this is that he's not realizing that yes, certain uh, every, like his grandparents went out and they fought, uh, and they fought for you know for the rights of all, um, ideally of all, and mostly for America, and then there was a, a man of color, mostly um, and uh, there are men of color. And people of color that came back just like his grandparents did mm-hmm. uh and they still had to sit at separate drinking fountains couldn't be allowed in the serpent or on certain restaurants weren't paid the same benefits and that's not that's not at that at that point in that premise even at the juncture that you're talking about for, even as far back as world war ii that's not really <laughs> ideal as far as the concept of freedom is concerned um so i i found that yeah. interesting because I that never even clicked to me. I was like, uh, I I mostly was thinking from from literally point um point A from the Hutus and Tutsis over four hundred years ago, then jumping to now. All of the time span in between, there are obviously going to be parts that we all can't throw a lot of focus on. But 
yeah, that that part took me uh, by surprise because that's also my grandfather did the same thing. Also fought in World War Two, and oh wow, came back and was also marched with Dr. King and was hosed. And I'm like, oh yeah, uh, pretty fucking terrible. <laughs> and I'm getting sick and tired of these white people, okay, uh, invoking Dr. Martin Luther King, like. He was a, his his peaceful protests were attacked by dogs, hoses. They were beaten up, and uh, you know they ended up shooting him. So like when they say, well, why you know if Martin Luther King were here, we would have these peaceful protests. There wouldn't be all this looting and riots. And it's like, yeah, remember when the shit got kicked out of the people that he was peacefully protesting with? You, you tend to leave that part out, and I think that goes with what's I I. You know, the white history, I call it, you know, and these things that I'm learning now, I've been doing a lot of reading and I know I've talked about this multiple times, especially if you listen to the show, um, you know, uh, Black Wall Street, that whole story mm-hmm. that that police KKK police slash KKK destroyed that city and murdered a ton of people of color. Now, my thing is, why the fuck? Did I not hear about that in high school? I went to a nice high school. I went to a pretty affluent high school. Mm-hmm. Why was that not taught there? And then you start connecting these dots. And I'm sure you, you've obviously done this, Ed. And Dan, I, I know you do the same thing. I start connecting these dots. And I start going, hmm, there really is something to that systematic racism thing that a lot of people say doesn't exist. And when I connect these dots, it's not that hard if you if you can read. <laughs> I mean... Anyone? <laughs> am I am I am I losing my mind? Um, I mean, well, that's completely unrelated to the stream, and I like that you keep your psychiatric issues to yourself and your other six personalities. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I like that uh, Dr. King part you touched on, and that the other people don't realize is that um, two major things about that. Uh, one, Dark, uh, Dr. King's influence grew even greater uh, um, upon his death because he had a cause that he became a martyr for. True. Uh, so, I mean, like, that that's one. And two, uh, he warned everyone that was with him protesting, they, they, and it was common knowledge, that dogs were going to have to be sick on, or were probably going to get sick on you. You were going to have to be here for the hosing. Like, you couldn't just leave and go home. These things had to happen because... That was the only way that information would be passed as they would fall through like major news and the story would get spread. Mm-hmm. Um, that being uh, that being said, uh, and I say this to people who agree with the riots as well as I say to the people who bring up Martin Luther King in defense, um, I say that uh, we live in an age of information and during the entire instance in, um, in Washington, D.C., when there were 60 protesters within a man's house uh, – that was on Twitter live at 2 a.m. in the morning to 6 when the curfew lifted and those people got on the bus. And people around the world, including people in Germany, were just like, hey, man, uh, if if your stream cuts out, if your live cuts out, I'm going to assume that this and this happened. And I'm going to spread the word that, that the police broke into wow. your house. Like it was it was absolutely bananas. Accountability is and just like kind of like how you said uh, uh, as far as the uh, the sportscasters you can go, it's. Accountability is huge, and it, it it hits people hard. And media is not your best friend if it's if you're not going to be yourself in front of it. I should say. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, 
I feel like there are definitely many other ways, like, uh, and that's, that's why I say it's point towards the people in the riots. There are many other ways to get your point across that aren't rioting and that don't include uh, rioting and looting and things of that nature. Uh, because when you say, on when they say, oh, we march, we protest, and we, we riot, because, you know, uh, that's what that's what worked in the past. Yeah, sure, but people also use, like, fucking bows and arrows and sticks and... <laughs> Like tying your tubes used to be a procedure that could dangerously harm your entire vagina, and now and now look, like everything moves forward, progress happens. You can do this in a much finer, better way. Shannon Sharp yeah. included calling someone out on live instead of witch hunting him personally at his house. Everything yeah. happens in a more progressive manner. You can move along with the times. Yeah. There was a movie that came out just a few years ago, and I was just trying to search for it, and I can't believe i cannot remember the name of this movie but it was about what we were just talking about the idea that a black veteran can come home to the united states of america and still be treated less than uh wearing a uniform uh i don't know if either of you guys saw it it was a bit of an indie flick uh it may have even been just a netflix film but either way i don't was, know it came out a few years ago it had to do with mud or dying in the mud or something mud related because it was about burying black people or burying white or black people helping to bury white people essentially it's down in the south it takes place in the south in the, in the mid to late 1940s an african-american young man comes home from the war um is treated horribly uh he actually befriends uh, a white guy um and both of them suffer for it oh god i listen if, you, if that doesn't ring a bell for you, I'm going to look it up after the show and, and tell you guys about it. It was a really dark, sad, slow-moving, depressing movie. But at the end of it, you're like, wow, okay, I just watched something very real. So um, I got to find that out for you guys. Well, I think, too, I think to that point, I think to the point that both of you are, are talking about with the with the veterans coming home um, – and and this is something again through some of the reading I'm doing articles that I, I read in in terms of civil rights and race in America. What people are failing to realize, and Ed, correct me, please correct me if I'm wrong, but there are two different Americas. There's the America that I live in because I'm a white person, and there's an America for minorities, which is is different. And I think people have an issue wrapping their head around that, especially when people say, well, they have all the same chances we do. So I don't want to hear it. And it's just like, well, well, no, no, actually like there's, there are, there are big differences. And I think it was president Obama that said, we all have the same ladder, but certain folks have certain rungs taken out of that ladder, just making it harder. And I, I'm not sure what your opinion is on that, but again, through my reading, that's what I feel like I'm starting to understand is that there are two different Americas that flag made promises and didn't keep them to a certain to certain groups. And, and that goes along with the veterans that come back during World War Two. The white veterans came back as heroes and the people of color came back. It was they were getting beaten up for even wearing their uniform. They weren't even allowed to be told they they weren't even allowed to show that they fought for this country. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Um 
I, I'll start from the very beginning of your statement and then work my way across. Um, please, please do. Uh, as far as there being separate Americas, I'll say it It definitely works. It definitely works that way uh, as far as um, the way that the country itself has been constructed. Um, and you're right that it's more... It, it's a mixture. So it's like... Uh, so, like, uh, for example... The uh, the implementation of crack by the CIA in in the mm-hmm. uh, in the eighties mm-hmm. um, would be a good example of how the, they created uh, they took uh, impoverished neighborhoods that wouldn't seem like they were on the rise and definitively gave them down uh, like uh, kept them down by providing uh, and distributing uh, a quote experimental um, experimental drugs to the streets and and letting the drug itself ruin society around there to lower property values to keep um people of a uh, of a uh, certain lineage types down there as well as also um affect any i don't want to say i don't want to say breeding i want a better word than that <laughs> uh, 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 i know what you're saying uh to prevent any procreating you procreating there you go there you go um and that wasn't just like even though it was like a, the target group were, were largely blonde like people of color uh, that was all there were also uh, white people included and one of the things that um has been uh, has been uh, kind of funny in how this this layout of the of it is uh, constructed is that I've talked to people during while well, during the time that I've been up I've been talking to people of all different walks people have spent time uh, before stream calling me for shuttle hours um after stream calling me for hours and on days I'm not even doing one giving me a phone call and um what I found out is that for uh the people that are for the people that are saying that the the two separate Americas don't exist and that uh well Generally, white people. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that are that are coming forward and saying that the, they don't believe it exists, and they've had that they've had the same shake. Um, is that they a lot a lot of them a lot of them that are more vocal than others seem to be people who are also in that same situation that the uh, that the black community was in in the eighties. Uh, they're the people who aren't aren't inherently. Well, well off, like they may be uh, what is now considered middle class or lower middle class, mm-hmm. and yes, um, some of them even impoverished, just like just like minorities. And to stand up and go, I can be just as poor as my neighbor, and to say that I have advantages, um, it it uh, for them it, it sounds like it comes off as a personal attack almost, because like one, if these advantages existed and I'm still impoverished, I'm still poor, I'm not having, uh, then it sounds like you're making it seem that I'm I'm the factor here. That isn't yeah. working out, and I want to uh, I want to speak to that and get more on the idea of the two Americas. Is that the term privilege is not necessarily that you got to go to uh, you got to go to BJ's and you get a bonus card <laughs> the moment you walk in the door. It's yeah. simply the fact that as you're walking around the grocery store, there isn't some dude walking around taking stuff out of your cart. And, that, and that's not something that you're going to see. You're not going to uh, – some people walk around the store and, they, and they, they'll see somebody go, hey, that guy's stealing some shit out of your cart. And those people come over and be like, I'm your ally. Hey, the next time that guy comes over here, 
fuck that guy. Fuck that guy together. <laughs> but there are other people that are just there to do uh, there to do what they came to do, minding their business. They're not looking at anyone else. And then when they get to to checkout and they realize that, you know, people are standing with you and people ally with you and you're getting attention, they're like, Why are you holding up why are you here holding up the line? There's no reason to hold up the line. You have just as much time to shop as me. Uh, you know, you're talking about someone was was taking things out of your cart. I don't believe that. It's uh, we, we're literally walking together. Why wouldn't someone take something out of my cart if that was the case? Um, I love this analogy because I think that it it makes it makes a lot of it makes a lot of sense. Um, and I'm gonna use it if you don't mind. Um, because I am, I'm sick and tired of having to explain this shit to people, even family members. Um, and I'm sorry to say it, you know, and I think, and Dan, I, I, I want you to touch on this as well, please, Dan, um, is being a white person. Okay. The thing that is difficult of what's going on now and and please don't take this the wrong way and cor- correct me please correct me i would never that... do such a thing no. <laughs> wait no <laughs> um is that when you're dealing with people that are close friends or people that are family and they are white and they are saying and doing racist shit yeah yeah it's... and as a white person, I, I feel I have to correct them. And then you get to a point where you're like, I just can't even be fucking friends with this person anymore. And Dan, I know you and I recently. Yeah, there was someone, an individual who shall not be named. But it just came to a point where we're like, all right, it's it's 2020. If you don't honestly see it, then you're just purposely not trying. Uh, but to, to touch on what you were saying there, because there's been a lot of touching, at least a lot of asking to touch, so I will. <laughs> um, uh, on this topic, you know, there's a, a, a family member, I'll call him, uh, with the extended family. He married into the extended family, as did I. So, therefore, we're kind of at opposite ends. And, and he posted something about this white guy who was held down to the ground and killed by the police. And, you know, no one will repost this because it's a white person kind of thing. And, oh, I you hate know, those. I, just, I kind of went into him and, and I said, well, you know, here's I did literally did two seconds of research. And here's what I came up with. Um, that black people only make up 12 to 13 or 14 percent of the population, depend on, depending on what census you look at. And, uh, you know, yet for only 14 percent of the population, and I'm rounding up, they are killed at more than twice the amount of white people at the hands of police. Simple math. It's simple math. Yeah. So that's all you have to do just to, you know, get a little bit of an answer to what you're looking for there, bud. Um, And so I I let him know, and it wasn't a snarky comment. It was just like, hey, here's a really good article. You know, it kind of highlights the injustices that have been happening and, you know, why only 14% of the population is being killed at twice the rate of the rest of them. Uh, but also, it kind of goes back to 2014 uh, with, oh gosh, now I'm forgetting the kid, Gray, Freddie Gray, um, with what happened with him and everybody since Freddie Gray. And, and so this is a really great article that only highlights the last six years of injustice. <laughs> so it, it, there's plenty out there to learn. We just have individuals that don't want to. But when it's a friend or a fan, when it's a Facebook friend, fine, go on. Whatever. 
I'm friend. It's a, easy. It's a, if it's a personal friend, it's like, all right, I don't have to follow you or be your friend on Facebook. If I see you at a barbecue or at the bar, it doesn't mean you're my enemy, but obviously you're not an ally. And I get that. You know, I don't think the person should be killed for it or put in jail because they have a stupid fucking opinion. Um, but. So what I what I've personally found, and especially to what you're, you're speaking to, Dan, is that uh, if you what I and what I've been doing with people, because yeah, I, again, I've been busy keyboard crusading. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Is that I I'll delve into a discussion with him. So like you have that guy in your life, and like um, and I I like to ask this of all, of all people having these discussions uh, as a favor to me that doesn't don't find it like a like a racially backed thing. Uh, wait to block these people wait to unfriend them wait just hold off because what i want you to do is enter that discourse like with them that that, that open discussion enter it publicly uh do the back and forth and then as their comments go on if they have a point to make they'll start to lean toward that point and some people are just they're more focused on one part of it than the other and then you have to remind them to think broader think outside themselves and then help them that that helps them open up this the discussion by making it relatable to them other people, people who are actually kind of racist that you need to cut off, they end up just creating more rope to hang themselves with. Mm-hmm. And at that point, then uh, then not only do you 100% know where they stand, but what what I've seen people doing, and some of them doing it correctly, or they'll they'll actually take some of that that thread. They'll be like, "This is how this entire conversation devolved, and this guy knew he was public, and this is the shit he had to say." And it, they'll post that to to the person's mutual friend and be like, "Hey." Uh, that's kind of how this person is. Judge if you may. Uh, see what you see, and then decide if you're gonna stick with that person. And honestly, uh, some of them have been like really bad because like some per- some people decided to troll at, at a time like this. I'm like, this is not the time. <laughs> no, yeah, this is not troll time. Uh, these were the same people that like came out when uh, when women, uh, you know, were saying like Me Too and coming out about oper- like times that they'd have been. Uh, Times they've been sexually assaulted, and these are the same guys went went and wrote into the the chat log and comments. They shouldn't have been dressed like that. He 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 he. You know those those same guys <laughs> are, yeah. are doing the trolling now, and it's causing them to just be cut out. So I mean, one, find out if your friend's just being a damn idiot, <laughs> and then two, from there, uh, figure out as best as you can. Where that person's where that person stands entirely, wholeheartedly, um, because it, like kind of like how you guys are saying, people get hung up just on on the littlest bits, the littlest parts, and then the part that they get hung up on is the is where you tell where people typically say, "All right, well, washing my hands of you, you're done." When there there could very well be more to that person, more to inform them about to make it so that they're just not bridging those two dots, and now you have an ally. Listen, Ed, on one of the first episodes that we brought an African-American on the show, actually, technically speaking, I believe, or what's what are we calling him, Rocco? What's his? Well, he he called himself Django. Django (laughs) uh, is part Afro-Caribbean, right? Yes. That's the technical term. Anyways, um, so we brought up race. We talked a lot about that. But we, as a bit, we solved racism uh, we had a white delegation and a black delegation that came together and had a list of demands or requests, and uh, we signed a treaty. Of each other. Yeah, of each yeah. other. And we, 
we signed a treaty, and so we expected races in the end, and that was about three years ago. I don't know yeah. what's going on. I don't know why it hasn't taken effect. But I've had a lot of crazy theories in my life, and one of which is like, okay, how do we solve all of racism? Well, how about we just force black people and white people and Hispanic people and Chinese, why don't we just all start having sex and have a bunch of babies <laughs> of mixed races, right? That way, everyone's a mixed race. There are no more minorities. Uh, wouldn't that be great? And then I thought, well, A, that'd be really hard to do, and B, I think you lose a lot of culture that way. I have an erection. I mean, honestly, <laughs> dude, I, I feel like I feel like my biggest problem with that is that uh, you would make a, like a legal way for everyone to have sex, and I still wouldn't be getting laid. Like that would probably be <laughs> <laughs> the biggest slight on me. I would be, I would feel personally attacked as the the last sole hundred percent black right. person that hasn't created any mixed lineage. Uh, mostly because for two reasons: one, because I, I don't. It's just not gonna fuck me. <laughs> and <laughs> the other one is that since quarantine, I'm pretty sure that uh, the speed bagging I've done to my own meat has probably made all of my semen two tailed, and they won't swim to the right place anyway. So, oh my gosh, <laughs> Jesus! All this sounds very scientifically factual. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's back. Um, Let's, uh, I think from here, we're going to, this conversation devolved. Uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to, we're going to take a break. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk, uh, more to add, uh, just about, uh, what's going on. Um, obviously the murder of, of George Floyd and, and what impact that has uh, given, uh, what we're hoping is the, uh, precipice of a new America. At least that's what I'm hoping for. We'll be right back. Are you a small business looking to advertise on Critical Mass Podcast? Well, check us out on our Facebook page, at Critical Mass Podcast 69. Contact us there to find out what your options are. We'd love to get the word out there about your business. Check us out. Gary's Guns, Guns, Guns. All right, it's Gary's Guns, Guns, Guns. He's back again. He's got a shoot first and ask questions later type of sale. This is uh, an in-home shipment that you can get online from Gary's Guns, Guns, Guns.com. Uh, it's a pair of black shiny boots that you can open up fresh, brand new, never touch the ground. And you can lick them as you masturbate or have sex with your wife or, or whomever you like to have sex with. Uh, it's an erotic uh, sex toy meant to stick into your mouth or just for licking. Um, it also comes with a black flag with a blue line in it. Okay, that's it. <laughs> wow, our sponsors, I'm telling you, they're uh, they're really, we need to get new sponsors. They're disgusting. Um, I, I, by I the don't way, know. I, believe... I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> um, on that same note with that stupid thin blue line flag that I want to wipe my ass with, um the did you hear about marvel is looking to marvel comics the company marvel is looking to start suing police departments for using the effigy of punisher on any of their cop cars especially with the punisher symbol with the the thin blue line through it that's a thing yeah i've seen those and i i didn't know if that was like an exact punisher 
trademark image or if that was just sort of akin to it, like, you know, next door to it a bit. But either they way, I mean, I don't I don't blame him. He's a vigilante who works outside of the law, who kill, who murders and kills. Um, and the creator of the Punisher said for a police officer to have any type of that effigy yeah. on their, their person or their vehicle is really fucked up. Right. And should not be happening. Mm, I mean, yeah. I, and actually, I, I want to say that this, even though it's coming from Disney, is more of a political statement or a social statement than it is something that's actually going to be taken into action. Especially sure. when P, uh, police aren't. Those kind of lawsuits don't affect the people that purchase the merchandise. They affect the vendor. And mm-hmm. they aren't. There isn't just one sole vendor creating this kind of content for police officers. So for the Disney to go on a on a Minuteman ant stomping spree. <laughs> um, which is what it would be. I, it, it doesn't That's seem fair. realistic, but the the fact that they holistically announced out that the, out there that hey, you know, uh, we don't like this is I guess the 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 sentiment that they're trying to to in a narrative they're trying to paint with with pushing that message out. Yeah, I agree. I, mean, I think they're doing more just by saying something than they would with a lawsuit. That makes more sense. Uh, yeah, agreed. Um, okay, so. <clears throat> You know, I'd like to get a, I'd like to get a little personal, Ed, if that's all right with you. And, uh, you know, you tell me if you're not comfortable with the question. Um, and I'm going to start here. So I was going through Facebook. I was going through my typical news feed. Okay. And this was, you know, what was it last week? Almost two weeks, almost two weeks ago when George Floyd was murdered. And that that video came up for the first time. Like, I had not seen it yet. I didn't even know who George Floyd was. It just came up as I was scrolling. And I looked at it, and my first thing in my brain was, great, another bunch of racist white cops killed another unarmed person of color, which I've never agreed with. <laughs> but it was just like, oh, again. Oh, again. Yeah, like was, I said, I think it was, oh, it's Tuesday? Oh, yeah. We'll yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> then I watched the video. And not only was I d- just disgusted, but I was enraged by the specific video. It was more than anything else I had ever seen. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up specifically is because that is how I felt as as a white person. Okay. I am I'm not gonna be able to and I had a great conversation with a friend of mine named Will. He's a he's a man of color. And we had a fantastic conversation about how he and I are gonna look at that differently. Even though I'm gonna have emotion, he's gonna have emotion that I'm not gonna be able to understand. And and I accept the fact that I'm not gonna understand. What are I guess what are your th- what are your thoughts on that? If you don't mind me asking this question. Um, I, uh, it took me a minute to get around to watching the video, not because it, uh, it wasn't everywhere. Yeah. Um, but, um, I had read the article with the, with the, the transcript of the events in it Yep. and how they transpired. And, 
I really only like do this for you know inspirational films or uh, anything with a good Disney musical number. But I I cried at the transcript. I okay. I started to I sat down and I was actually crying at the transcript and I'm like and it would it hurt and I was like I'm not gonna watch that video <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not yeah I, if reading it does it to this to me I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fucking watch that that's <laughs> fucking terrible um and even now I'm trying to I'm trying to play it off with with a bit more humor but it's just uh understandable so. Having instances where of police brutality uh, that I know that I've personally had and or family members have had, um, we've all I've I've always I brought this up in the in the last video too. I'm like I've always uh, been raised that it is easier to take whatever shit is um, shit is kicked your way comply and as long as you get home safe then that is, that in itself would be the victory the injustice is something that i was ready to live with and it'll suck but you're alive and what you showed uh, what it showed uh, what that entire event showed was even in complete compliance and in, uh, in, in an area where you, you couldn't respond back and retort back or fight back in, in any way around four armed officers he he still died the situation still went the situation still went left um i've had times where there were uh, knees pressed on my uh, on my neck for the, for just walking down the street i was literally just walking down the road um i told that story uh, on stream too i was just on my way home and uh upon sh sh presenting my hands uh my hand, uh, they grabbed the hand that I pulled out first, immediately cuffed it to the one behind my back. I did not resist. They pushed my face in the snow, pressed a knee on my neck, and just uh, there was there for the amount of time it takes them to run an ID and um, and and uh, compare it to their uh, database for warrants. And uh, it felt like forever. Um, but it, it's situations like that where it's just, I thought, or at least it could be believed, hopefully, uh, that complying as best I can in situations that I've been in like that and that people I know and, and relatives I have and everyone else that that that, that looks like me <laughs> um, that they could do what I did which is just like, suck up the shit and, and, and take the abuse and just make sure you got home safe the fact that you could be in the middle of your neighborhood where you would uh, like where you would ideally be safest uh, your, people of your community are watching this happened to you. The, the people that you look to to protect, even when you, you've been approached by a cop and there are multiple cops, one of them may look nicer than, than the other. Like, oh, that guy looks more reasonable. No matter how reasonable any of those cops were, they all, the people who would help you, the people you would call to help you in a situation where you're starting to lose your life in the way you did, are all the people that are watching you die. And then at the base of it all, the, the, the only thing that you feel safe call, calling out to is is your childlike instinct for calling for your mom? Ah, see, it's still getting me. It's still getting me. <laughs> um, it it that in itself it proves that under there is no guaranteed circumstance and way that we can can raise uh, people of color and and, and things of like uh, um things of that that sort that same nature where you would be able to come home safe. This was a a, a live demonstration, nine minutes long. 
to show that even if you try to suck up the shit and take it and you're completely defenseless and there's nothing you could possibly do, uh, you could still die just just because. And uh, that is kind of the that's kind of the back that the movement itself got made off of that it the the pain that I'm feeling now that is that is trying to keep me as 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 composed as possible um, is the same pain that is making people do irrational things like hurt other black businesses to do things that make more sense like constantly protest out in their streets uh, constantly post social media content about this kind of, and stay on this topic because uh, being unjust um being unjustly killed as a person of color has always been a boogeyman with no clean example of the of the tale. Um, I mean, yeah, you've had like Trayvon Martin and Martin and Mike Brown instances where uh, any other side of media could try to find a way to spin always. Uh, outside details to be like this is justifies why this happened or you know like there were car thefts in the area or they fit a description or he was uh, wearing clothes too dark and it was nighttime um uh between the, the, the with the george floyd incident it's it's broad daylight you're completely defenseless and they never tried to detain you and bring you in they just made you submissive and killed you um so, I mean, with with all of that, um, unpacking all that felt gross. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, First of all, I just want to say, you know, Ed, that I'm sorry I called the police on you that time. Um, that was rude. <laughs> I should not have done that. Jesus, Dan. No, I'll never have you. You're never invited back to my cookout stand. I hope you know. <laughs> <laughs> No, this is the, the, this honestly, is the last time in your life that you're going to get seasonings. I hope you know. <laughs> I asked for a dry rub. <laughs> no, seriously, Ed, the, I think more young black men need to tell their stories about what they've experienced in real life. You know, there's a lot of white people or ignorant people, for that matter, are just watching the news or seeing what mm-hmm. they see on Facebook or or maybe what they see in movies. We need to have real conversations about what have actually happened to us on the street. I walk down the street, everything's fine. If someone looks at me weird, you know, I get to call the police. You walk down the street and you have to avoid eye contact. So it's it's a very (laughs) different experience. And when it comes to the whole police brutality against African-Americans, I don't think we're really going to convince enough people that are wearing the uniform, that this is a problem. And I don't think we're going to be able to convince them that they are racist. Hopefully, over generations of time, people that wear the uniform will be less racist. I mean, that's kind of the hope. But if we're going to fight the battle, why not fight the battle in, in two ways? One, sensitivity training and trying to get people to understand what they're doing is fucked up. But also, how about demilitarizing the police? Oh, definitely. Um, definitely. Because I, uh, it's, it goes wow. beyond, it goes beyond color. I mean, look at what happened to the guy in Buffalo. I mean, obviously it happens to colored people more, far more. And that is the problem. That's why we're having this discussion. But if mm-hmm. we could demilitarize them to, to stop fucking being the bully all the time, then maybe we'll have less deaths overall. 
I uh, demilitar- um, militarization is definitely a huge step. Um, and actually, I say I can say that we we can definitely get a fair amount of people, which is why I was I've been speaking out a lot. And by all means, I don't have the the most clear cut solution on how everyone should move forward. But sure, um, I've I've been saying for a while that what we need to do with this movement is take one issue, one core issue uh, that we can that we can uh make demands for and it's making demands because at this point we're holding the media hostage we're holding social media hostage uh we need to find one focal point and then we need to drive that focal point and then just start knocking them out one after the other after finishing out the first one um so instead of it being just police brutality against people of color it can just be police brutality which a lot of officers including anyone watching that george floyd video can definitely attest uh, from the blue side that's not how you operate in any state that's yeah waiting on someone's neck until they're dead isn't something that you do ever uh in any training so uh in any police training anyway so uh there and also that from the from the blue lives matter side of it uh no one likes to not even the the most humble mcdonald's worker likes to go to work and be called a piece of shit and be hated by anyone that sees them. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially for if you're the one guy at work that's doing your job right. You know, if you're if you're someone that's upholding to the law and you're doing you're performing your actions as best as possible, and you know that some of your colleagues aren't, uh, it's not something that you can afford to have in that particular profession. <laughs> um, but so, yeah. If I may, if I may, and you please tell me what you think though. There, there's there's a couple of ways to look at it, and at least in my mind. And again, you know, I, I want you to correct me. Um, if, if there are police officers that are upholding the law, that are doing the right things, but things happen in their precinct or whatever that are racist, like racist shit going on, like I, I just I have a tough time believing that they didn't know that and they didn't report that information. So, for instance, like, you know, your colleague, you, you're on the straight and narrow, you're a police officer, you're on the straight and narrow. You, you don't you don't treat people differently based on race. You've always been fair. You've done your job. You've actually helped people. Um, but then, you, you know, of like, you know, oh. Uh, this guy over here, you know, he he says the N word a little too much. <laughs> like, you know, if you don't say anything, don't aren't you a shitty cop too? No matter how much you've done for the community, you're allowing this guy who says the says the N word out loud. I don't again, this is just an example, but mm-hmm. you know, you're not saying anything. Like, shouldn't you have reported that? But then the flip side to that is there are officers that are afraid to do that because of the amount of power the police have. They're afraid of their families being harmed. They're afraid of being harmed. They're afraid of the the whole gamut of things. So again, you know, how do we address that? And I, I like the way you said, it. you don't, you, we don't have all the answers and neither does Dan and I. Um, but, but again, you know, how, how do we address that as a, as a nation? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And actually, uh, someone, someone uh, to to some people, uh, 
as a uh, being a surprise <laughs> surprise uh, in, in inclusion of this um Ben and Jerry's oh yeah Ben and Jerry's actually uh, created after from all the Black Lives Matter movements that they've been part of to to all every protest that they've been in uh they they've culminated all of that knowledge all of the forefront knowledge and uh all of the examples of systematic racism that they've seen themselves and they they not only made a public statement about it but it came with a list of demands mm -hmm. a list of demands that. that were quite reasonable <laughs> so i was like yeah that's that yeah i can get behind that i, I looked at this ice cream web page i'm like all of these th <laughs> all of these flavors i can get behind all of these flavors wow I had no idea about any of that. I'm gonna have to Google that. That's crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. dude, it's 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 huge. It is huge. But what do we so? But what do we do? I guess about um, these, you know, because people are like, well, there's good cops. They're not all bad. Blue lives matter, and it's like, yeah, but if they're not saying anything about racism, so and a lot of those, some of those people have uh, has a. I really and I hate it so much, <laughs> but but an uh, but an air of self importance to them where they believe they're like, yeah, the best way that I can uh, fix this system is to 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 join it and fix it from the inside. Once I've wormed my way up to a position high enough to do something, and I'm like, and to that I'm like, I hate I hate it because it's like you never think they never think retrospectively. Like, what if the corruption goes way higher than you can make it? Yeah. That's yeah. Then what you've done is you've helped contribute to a system that's harming people for X amount of time. <laughs> uh and, yeah. and let a lot of shit slide under your skin that shouldn't have, so that you could get to a higher salary to be sad about the same things that you were sad about when you got the job in the first place. Um yeah. and and for those people I I wanna say that deconstructing all our entire military system, not military, uh police system is probably the best way to go about it i mean because you can't just keep herding them in like cattle and giving them weapons um right did you hear that listeners that ed just had a freudian slip <laughs> See, that wasn't a, that wasn't a coincidence he meant to say police but he says military and the reason why his brain made that mistake is because there is no fucking difference anymore the yeah. police are the military the military are the police they are one in the same you retire from the military, you go into the police. That's what happens. Uh, did you they're guys get to watch guns, that? Uh... They're given badges. It's it's sickening. Go did ahead. Did you guys Sorry. get to watch that? No, you're fine. Um, did you guys get to watch that video of the guy, the elderly man in Buffalo that I think you brought up earlier? Yeah. Um, so if you look, and this is what I, I found interesting, because I kept having to rewind and watch it. Not the part where he fell. That's awful. Um, mm -hmm. But look around him. As he's falling, uh, look at the different kinds of officers. You see three different setups. You see the National Guard, mm -hmm. SWAT, mm -hmm. and the police force. Police force is in front. SWAT is taking a middle a middle stance, and then right behind them, on, but almost same in line, are the National Guard. And if you look at the difference in reactions, uh, the cops that were in front. None of that. Like you see them turning around, looking down, just like not looking where they're walking anymore. None of them were were, were ready and have have had combat experience or anything else to, of the like to 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 witness the visceral sight of a man just 
gushing blood from his ears after hearing his head pop off the pavement the way it did. Uh, <laughs> I hated that. It, it was it was fucking awful. But if you look at the people behind them, the people who are walking up on it, very seldom reacting. They may peek down, but they don't. They never stop moving. Their their nope. attention doesn't divert and doesn't change. And that's because they've either been trained to be built for that. Or they've seen enough shit where it just doesn't bug them. Whereas the, the police force in Buffalo, uh, you could very well see how in that situation and situations like that, they are quite green. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought I could see at least on one or two of their faces that uh, whether or not they were involved specifically with pushing the man over. I think the guy who did it specifically turned around immediately he sort of did a did a 180 and one of the other guys who may have had his hand in there uh, immediately got onto his little radio com on his shoulder and he probably said hey we need a medic or you know this guy fell yep. something like that so there was a level of empathy like oh we fucked up we did something really bad uh but their orders were to continue moving forward so that's what they did. A majority of them just kept marching over him. I don't understand. It wasn't like it was an actual riot where there was all kinds of fighting and it was chaos. There was just a line of officers moving forward who pushed over and almost killed a man because he fell backwards and hurt himself. And they just kept moving. Like, where... Every single person that has a beating fucking heart should have been on mm -hmm. their knees, like talking to him, holding his hand, telling him it's going to yep. be all right. We got the ambulance on the way. We're so sorry. We yep. shouldn't have pushed you that hard. Like nothing, nothing like that. Just keep moving. Deny it. Ah, what, what happened? Oh, God. You know, and, and I didn't notice that there were three different offices. They're all just dressed the same to me. So they're all. Fucking um, but so, so so in the in the front line you'll see like people in the in the bulletproof vest that with the line says state police across um and you'll see them in the front and you'll see people behind them that don't have that that patch and they just have the red patch on their shoulder and the red patch on the shoulder stands for SWAT uh, and then the the people that are in the lighter uh the lighter uh, uh camouflage that are of the National Guard and quite clearly from the National Guard. Okay, yeah. um, and, and my point in bringing up their, their difference in reactions is that uh, at, at this point, um, especially with the 52 offers that officers that quit in solidarity of the two other two officers that got suspended. That's so fucked up. I honestly think I look at I look at that and I listen to the woman's voice when she's telling the person who's holding the camera to keep moving on. I, I heard fear. I She sounded scared to me. And it, it seemed like. At least 52 of these officers are realizing that 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 might have been the clean way out for them to them quote retain honor and also get out of this situation. A lot of these officers are in over their head. Wow, they that's never. A really interesting point of view. Yeah. Like, yeah. They never expected this. Never. Like it's their way out of the German Republic in like 1938, <laughs> where they're like, we can't we can't stand up because we're too cowardly. We cannot stand up and say this is a fucking problem and this guy's a bad apple and that guy's a bad apple because we're not going to be safe in our own homes. So we might as well pretend to be with them and then quit. That way we're not a part of the problem anymore. Exactly. Well, 
uh, if I may, you know, I definitely and, and when I saw this in Buffalo, so I went to college in Buffalo. And um, Dan, I know you've heard this story probably a hundred times before, um, but it's actually a run-in I had with the police when I was with a good friend of mine that I that was in my dormitory in college, and and he was black, and um, well, I'm sure he still is, but anyway, um, <laughs> we we were we went to a party on Main Street. We were underage, and um, you know we had a couple drinks. It wasn't a big deal. I definitely was not drunk. And he and I were heading back to campus and I was driving and he was in the passenger seat and we're just chatting and it's whatever. And a a cop car comes by us and it was a two lane street. The cop car does a Yui. No idea what I did wrong, but the the police car comes next to me, looks inside our car because it was a two lane street, hits their brakes. So they're behind me. Flashers come on. And I get pulled over. So now I'm shitting a brick because, okay, I'm underage. I've definitely had a couple of drinks. I don't know what's going on. Now, mind you, at the time, too, I was very, very, very naive to racism or even having a friend that is a person of color because I was raised only around white people. I mean, that's just the honest truth. You know, this was a new good friend of mine, and I was super happy to have him. And it didn't make any sense to me that his race mattered. But I was very naive. That would explain your haircut a lot, actually. (laughs) That was your first black one. That's. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. No problem. So anyway, the officer comes to the window. He says license and registration, which I hand to him, of course. And then looks right at my friend in the passenger seat and says, what are you doing tonight? And he said, oh, we're just going back to campus. And he starts questioning him. I'm the driver. Mm-hmm. And the officer is questioning him. Then the officer asked him to step out of the vehicle. And I, I didn't know at the time, but he was obviously afraid. He got up and got out of the vehicle. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what was going on. So I made sure my hands were in in plain view and I actually stepped out of the car and said, officer, can I just please ask what's going on and why I was pulled over? And he told me to get in the car and I just said, I would really like to know why I'm pulled over. I will call 911. I was 19. I said, I'm going to call 911. And he asked us both to get back in the car. And he got in his cop car and he drove away. This was Buffalo police. This was 2006. So, like, what the fuck? So when you threatened to call more police, he got in his car and drove away. He said, you guys are all set. You can go now. But he was, like, asking my friend all these questions. Where were you tonight? What were you doing? What have you been up to? The only difference is is that I'm white and he is black. I mean, I, I don't know. Also, you're the driver. I mean, you really should be getting more questions than just the license and registration. Yeah. He didn't ask me anything. He asked me nothing. So I'm sorry, but when people say, well, white privilege isn't a thing, I'm driving the car. I, the Dave I'm Chappelle under- bit. I didn't know I couldn't do that. <laughs> right? No, but again, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm driving a vehicle. I'm under the age of 21. I've been drinking alcohol. Yeah. And I've asked, been asked no questions. Right. But my the guy in the passenger seat, because his race is different than mine, he not only gets asked questions, but he gets pulled out of the car. 
I've actually and that, been in a friend with a car, like it, it's a similar situation, but I was the I was the driver, and I was driving in the middle of a suburb around here at nighttime, uh, leaving from a party to another uh, another place. I was DDing for a friend because mm-hmm. he wanted to see his girlfriend and he knew that they would be drinking, yeah. and uh, cop pulls me over uh, in the middle of the suburb that has no streetlights, and he goes, "Hey, uh, uh, he goes, hey, alrighty, N word, like with a hard R." And then like taps on, uh, and then like uh like because my window's down, it's like hot as shit. I think it was like yeah. Memorial Day or Fourth of July. Um, and it's like, and then he leans down, and right when he leans down, he looks in the passenger seat, and he sees my very white friend <laughs> over there, <laughs> and he go, and he says something that's exactly the same. He goes, "What are you gentlemen getting into? Where are you coming from?" And I'm like, "We we heard you, what you said when you came up. <laughs> are we not?" Are we not gonna? And I'm like, you know what? And that, again, that same instinct of, uh, you know what? Just don't d- take the shit. I was like, I was like, all right. My my friend's just sitting here with his mouth agape. He's just like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm I. The, he basically uh, the officer tells me uh, he gives me a ticket and says that my lights aren't on and my lights were on. And then he says, all right, well, uh, you know, I'm I'm not even gonna show up to court for this one, so. Just tell them this and this with your it was up with your switch, and that it was actually working. You have a good day. And I'm like, what kind of crock of shit is that? <laughs> what a waste of time. And paper. <sighs> Just it doesn't make any sense. I mean, would it have been a reduced ticket, but still a ticket? I don't. I don't know. I those are the kind of situations where I think of like I watched the George Floyd video, and I think. If my white friend had not been in the passenger seat and you came up to my car with the window down and said, all right, N-word, and that's the way you started this interaction, right. where <laughs> could this have gone? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Especially if you decided to stick up for your rights. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> Imagine that. But, Imagine that. We talk about white privilege and the difference between them. I mean, you can't even – if a black person in that situation were to defend themselves and, and stick up for their rights – they're seen as being a problem, as having a smart mouth or talking back or even resisting arrest, you know. But 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 Dan, I got out of the vehicle. My yeah, hands when, were you, in when the you're air. not supposed to do that, you're not supposed yeah, to do that at all. Do that. I was and I, I threatened the officer by calling more officers. So yeah. I threatened an officer. I got out of the vehicle and I had my hands up in the air. Okay. You were just so, visually appalling. I mean, my God, what did you look like? You probably oh. had these stubby little legs that were very hairy. I, mean, I remember you back then, and you had probably cargo shorts with a lanyard sticking out of it. Let's be honest. Absolutely. That's, that's exactly yeah, what he's wearing likely. now. Actually. <laughs> exactly what he's wearing. Up. Let's yeah. see. And it's Star Wars t-shirt. And definitely cargo shorts. Um, but no, in all seriousness, if, if you can't understand white privilege, I mean, like, you know, I... I, I I was able to get out of the car and I wasn't murdered. I, and and the privilege part, what people aren't getting is, I said that that was okay in my head. Like, you know, Ed, you're you're saying, oh my God, you got out of the car. <laughs> There's yeah. the two different Americas again. There's yeah. the two different Americas I was talking about again. The privilege is me thinking that it's even okay for me to get up and get out. Where a person of color would be like, I'm not getting out of the fucking car. This guy might kill me. Might kill me. Literal. Literal. I actually saw, I actually saw a, a quote from Mike Tyson. Uh, 
not Mike Tyson, uh, Muhammad Ali, uh, that it because uh, everyone knows how Muhammad Ali was talking, so please know that when I'm quoting him, uh, my uh, impersonation is not the best. But uh, <laughs> okay. he, he was on a talk show, and uh, they asked Ali why he didn't trust white people, and he's like. He's like, no, no, no. I've never said that all white people were evil. But let's say that there's a hallway, and I'm saying, uh, and I'm saying at the end of that hallway, just a door in the hallway between me and those rattlesnakes, just a thousand rattlesnakes. Okay? You know what? Let's make it a hundred thousand. So there are a hundred thousand rattlesnakes out there, and they're all coming at me. And I know that you know rattlesnakes, they're venomous. They're coming here. They're ready to kill you. Now, if you told me that 100% that a thousand of those rattlesnakes, they meant well, and they were they 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 had my best interest at heart, and they would never hurt me, and I knew that for a fact, do you think that I want to stand there and, and wait for those snakes to form in front of me and p- possibly make a barrier? Or should, would it be safer for me to just close the door? Mm. And I was like, I mean, I, 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 yeah. I wouldn't call all, all white people rattlesnakes, but yeah, yeah, if you're talking about someone murdering you, a murderous animal is probably a good example. And I was like, I, I was like, oh, that's Whew. Mm. Uh, and definitely for the time period he lived in, and and, and he brought up, uh, he he went off he went off on a little bit of a tangent, uh, bringing up um, he's like uh, especially when I know that uh the rattlesnake that uh you know if only a thousand of these rattlesnakes have my best interest at heart, and uh the other the other uh you know the other set of them are. Proudly responsible for 400 years of my people being uh, my people being uh, used for slavery, beaten, not given equal rights, and raped, and and it's um, like all these other things. It's like I'm not gonna like why in the world would I trust a rattlesnake ever? I'd, I'd much rather close the door than to trust I don't trust a rattlesnake. Yeah. yeah, he's he said a whole lot of crazy shit back then. I mean, for that time period, you're right. And at the remember when he was arrested because he didn't want to go over to Vietnam. Mm-hmm. They were they were condemning him. Oh, you're a draft dodger. You're not American. This and that. And he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you want me to go overseas to kill a bunch of people I don't know that have done nothing wrong to me in defense of people in this very country that won't even defend me right now. Mm-hmm. American hypocrisy. American hypocrisy. Un- un- real. I was like, Unreal. Yeah, there you go. All Meanwhile, right, so- Donald Trump had bone spurs. Well, so. yeah. <laughs> so, um, we're gonna go to break, uh, but before we do, um, Ed, if there's some advice that you could give, let's just say all of America's listening to you right now because we have millions of listeners. Okay, we're coming for you, Joe Rogan. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, we have millions of listeners. And you could give advice to all of America right now, white America, black America, Hispanic America, all of America with the, in the advent of the murder, the brutal murder of George Floyd, what advice could you give America right now? Everyone. Um, I would say that. I believe that the that the apology train and everything in relation to the apology train uh, needs to needs to stop, and I think that, that is coming at the forefront of a large issue because it's making uh, other and it's also it's it's not meant to, but it's diverting attention from what we should actually be focusing on. Um, the apology train, in case in case you don't know, is. Uh, 
anytime a white person comes up to a black person and goes, I'm very sorry for, like, they're apologizing for slavery and things like that that have happened. And it all, like, I'm not going to lie to you, uh, being on the other end of it, it's really uncomfortable <laughs> for someone who had nothing to do with, uh, and they're like, I'm sorry, how my privilege takes part in blood. I'm like, that, this just feels weird, and I don't, because we don't have, like, tangible things about how you directly racially affected me it just it just feels it doesn't go anywhere um i feel mm-hmm. like a, a lot it's a lot of effort what's turning off some uh some people i've had them complain to me about this that but not people of color they're like uh, they're complaining that um like why there's they're just having white people come out here and apologize for for all of this other stuff like and that's not like they demand apologies i'm like no that's the apology itself is completely unnecessary. It's it's almost irrelevant to the time. What would what would hold more weight is if you just stood with us as an ally. To mm-hmm. to to when I it'll kind of like how you said at the beginning of the stream and moments where there needs to be more listening, then then do more listening, and all of that would weigh and and impact a lot more than the apology train. The apology train is hurting. Uh, this side of it hard. I know some people who are left, but they don't. They don't want to get on board with all this because they think it comes with like a like an ass kissing fest that, that isn't necessary. Um, it. So the, I, what I would say to the world, the millions of viewers, uh, stop people. Uh, stop people on the apology train and just tell them to basically stand with you. Do do less standing across from me, and apologizing, and more standing with me. Mm-hmm. And we it's not about the past, forward. it's about moving forward, is what you're saying. Yeah, a hundred, um, hundred percent. Well, it, it's about the past, but <laughs> to, to <laughs> actually fix the issue, I need you to do less focusing on the past and right. more focusing on how to help me move forward. Because right now, even as like, uh, again, I don't have, I don't have answers about exactly where we need to be, exactly what things we need to move into and where we need to go, but I need to make sure you're standing with me and not blocking my way in front of me, apologizing. Right, and it's also not black people's responsibility to have an answer to it either. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> they didn't create the problem. Why are they the ones that have to solve it? Let's just start listening to each other. Yeah, very true. All right, awesome, gentlemen. Uh, we are going to go to break. Uh, when we come back, everybody's favorite part of the show, fuck you. We will be right back. From the far reaches of the galaxy to an internet location near you, we're Don'tForgetATowel.com, your daily source for geeky pop culture news, reviews, interviews, and so much more. So as you're hitchhiking your way through the universe, don't forget to travel safe, and don't forget a towel. And three, two, and we are back with everybody's favorite part of the show. Fuck you. Ed's with us today. Um, before we get into fuck you, um, and I'm sure I'll do this a million times. Ed, thanks so much for being here. Um, just glad to have you. We, and I can already tell you, we'd love to have you back. Hey man, uh, I would love to, I'd love to be back. You are some pretty cool guys. And, uh, I always like to hang around with people who don't look as good as me to increase my odds. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I've heard that so many times. That'll work. That'll work. Um, so let's uh, let's get into our fuck yous here. I'm going to go first. OK, mm-hmm. I am going to go first. And um, I don't know. Maybe I've done this before. Maybe I haven't. 
Um, but I feel that not only should my fuck you go to this group of people, um, but I wish this is the only group of people that I genuinely wish death upon. It is a oh. group of folks, okay? And I, I wish they were all dead. And those are people that go in the seven items or less line with more than seven items. Come on. I am so sick and tired. It, the sign says seven items or less. I went to Wegmans. This lady must have had 25 items. It wasn't even like negligible where it could be like eight or nine. Nope. She had like 25 items. Why? Because I counted them because that's how spiteful I am. And she Did you put count them up out loud? Computer. I should have, but I didn't. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> and then after like getting to like eight, I just start getting like eight, 10. Oh, oh my God, 12. But anyway, um, I had literally three items in my cart. I go to the seven items or less line. There's nobody in it except for this one woman. And I'm just like, sweet. One person in front of me, seven items or less. I'll be right. Zip, zap, and I'll be out. Um, nope, she's just unloading her cart, and the poor cashier is just like shaking her head. And I'm just like, "Are you kidding me right now?" Anyway, fuck you, lady. Also, she didn't know how to use the credit card machine. How? How are we at a time in 2020 that you still don't know which end of the credit card to put put in the thing? How? An arrow for it. Right. So that's my fuck you. Who wants to go next? Uh, I'll go. I'm just writing something down real quick. Uh, Can you talk into the microphone maybe so it records? Yeah. So here we go. You might have to edit that part out. So I, I just actually switched my fuck you because you just reminded me of something. Uh, okay. we'll, we'll we'll stay on the topic of cash registers. Um, my fuck you goes out to the concept of self-checkout. Uh, I understand its existence and I understand, you know, People are in a hurry. They've only got one or two items. Why should I have to wait in line? I get it. However, I think that that's a crutch, and the problem is that it's getting bigger and bigger. Um, you know, I, I went into Home Depot just the other day because I'm in there constantly, and there's one, maybe two people at the register, and yet they have two people at the four-registered self-checkout area. And it's pretty busy. There's people going in and out of it. And... You know, I'm standing in line waiting behind one other person at the cash register. And this woman who works there walks up to me and says, sir, I'll just take you right over here at the self-checkout. And I go, oh, no, thank you. I'd like to wait in line here. She goes, oh, it's okay. It'll be real quick. And I go, no, actually, I'm a union member, and I don't like seeing jobs being destroyed for machines. You she would goes, oh, totally well. have said that. No, I did. I said it right to your face. And she goes, no, well, I would I would actually help you do it. I'm like, you know, I understand. But the, the problem is that the more people use those things, the less cashiers you'll have. She just shut up and walked away. So that's my fuck you is the concept of self-checkout. Bill Burr said it beautifully. He goes, I don't work here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's oh, my. Thanks, Dad. You're welcome. Uh, my fuck you is going to be completely off topic. Uh, fuck you to parents that name their kids certain names, like like regular names, but spell them real weird. Like <laughs> Kayla, but it's like K-A-E-L-A. And two Zs. Yeah, like I, <laughs> I've seen like people spell like, because I'm a single dude. So I just flop through Tinder all the time while I'm on a shitter. And 
I see like uh, like girls that say, <laughs> "Hi, my name is Reagan," and it's R A G I N. I'm like, "That's raging. You're raging. You're not Reagan. You're raging." Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. It's like our our girls will be like, um, be like, "This is my brother Jason." It's like J A Y S I N. I'm like, "Who are your parents?" Yeah. <laughs> Who hurt you? Who started you off in life with just like <laughs> you, you don't get to have you don't get to have fun. You don't get to be regular. You get to walk into school all nonchalant or just like hoity toity. Look at your teacher on the first day, look at your classmates, write your name on the board, and everyone's gonna look at you like what the fuck? And you and you're gonna feel like that's normal. And you get to do that for the first ten years of your life. Congratulations. Oh, so God. fuck you to those parents. Uh, you could do better, do better for your kids. My tender right is the only things I can read. <laughs> I love that. I love the views. It is. It really is. So uh, I just wanted to say something real quick um, before we end the show today. You know, and Dan, you know, let me know if you echo my sentiments. Um, you know, Critical Mass, our page, um, you know, we share funny memes, um, especially the ones that uh, I've been doing recently about Drew Brees being a KKK member. Um <laughs> You know, our show, we like to laugh. Um, you know, we like to poke fun at things. And and we do this as a way to, to bring awareness to uncomfortable conversations. But if you're not going to let yourself be uncomfortable, you're never going to grow. And if you're listening to this show and anything that we talked about made you uncomfortable, good. Because you're being pushed out of your comfort zone and maybe you will learn something. Now, we can sit here, the three of us, me, Dan, Ed, and make jokes about racism and white people and, and black people and, and stuff like that. But we are trying to create an awareness around a serious topic. This is not a joke. This isn't something overall that's funny. A man was murdered for no reason. We're just here to just bring light to that and, and to make you think. Well, of course. Of course, Dan, that I, I felt that went without saying, but again, this is the catalyst. This is the catalyst that I hope, I hope for change. Um, I feel honored and indebted Ed, for you being here today. Thank you for dealing with us. Oh yeah. I mean, like one, uh, you guys are generally pleasant to be around from this social distance. So I appreciate you. Um, if, uh, if anybody has, uh, any questions for me? You can. I mean, I don't know how you plug things, so I guess you can shoot them at my at my Facebook. You're right. I should probably make a YouTube. <laughs> you really should. Yeah, or... I, I I implore you to do so. I I based on what I've seen so far, I think, like I said, a lot of young African American men need to speak out and tell their stories, uh, explain their experiences. Um, but you in particular are in a in a nice little notch, a nice little zone where you're young, uh, you're intelligent, and if, if you're a minority of any kind, you should have a platform right now so that people can listen to you. And I think there's a lot of other young people that want to hear what you have to say, too. There really is an audience out there for you. Get yourself on YouTube. Look, if, if stupid white racist video game playing morons can have millions of viewers... so From the you. inside of their truck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I I I uh, I completely agree with that sentiment. You need to I, I say get a Facebook page, 
and and uh, start putting videos on there and let me know what the name of that Facebook page is and I will I will advertise the shit out of you on our page. Yeah. But for those listening right now that want to hear more of what he has to say, uh, it's a Facebook live video chat that, that Ed has been doing, and you can Google it under the name of Dear White Friends, not to be mistaken with Dear White People, Dear White Friends. And I implore you, if you want to learn, from, and sh- if you want to shut up and listen and learn from someone, please, please watch Ed. On, on these videos. They are fantastic and they're honest and they're real. <clears throat> so please listen to our friend. Yeah. Also, if you have a Facebook, my name is Edgar Harris. Just find me. I don't really care about adding new people. Talk to me however you want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not however you want. I'll, I'll talk back to you the same way. <laughs> <that> way. <laughs> but if you, yeah, no, any open discussions, you have stories that you want to tell, uh, Edgar P- Harris, it's the, you'll know me because it'll be a picture of a, a, a ruggedly average dude, and the bottom <laughs> of his pictures will, will, will say, uh, "All Nazis can eat shit and die." Actually, that's that's the tag under my name, <laughs> under my face. Yeah. So, poetry. That's poetry. Yeah. So poetry. again, th- thank you for being here, um, Dan. Anything else that you want to add? That's it. All right. Well. I want to thank everyone for uh, listening to us today. Um, If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you let us know. Um, Ed gave his information, um, so please reach out to him. Please watch his show. I want to thank um, Don't Forget a Towel uh, for all your geekly news. Make sure you go to don'tforgetatowel.com where you can also find us, Critical Mass. We are on that page. Um, Also, check out the Star Warriors podcast. We uh, just recorded a new episode last night. That'll be up soon, so make sure you're checking yes, that out. Yes. Um, I know, I know, right? Um, thank you to the Genesee Beard Company. I see Dan is wearing their shirt, repping them today. Let me see that shirt, Dan. There you go, Genesee Beard Company. They make your beard feel good. Order products from them. They're fantastic. And uh, am I forgetting anyone? I don't think I am. I think we're good. Party on, Wayne. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Ooh. <laughs> they come from butt.